0: You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're building a franchise on an Anderson Foundation, Fab Facts. We're on the hunt for a traitor in The Randomizer. And the man with the score, George Morton, is back. Core. Cool. Conduct him this way for Pod 214. I see what you did there at the Gerry Anderson Podcast. Yep.
1: Let's get started. Let's go.
2: Spectrum is green.
0: The Gerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Well, hello now, there. No, 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 no. Before you even start, Jamie, Jamie Anderson, <laughs> son of Jerry started. Anderson, and co-host already, of the Jerry I've Anderson it, podcast, no, no, before you I, go any further, have you winded yourself before we started? <laughs> have you got rid of all your excess <laughs> gas? I, mm? Mm. I mean, I... Because no. the the eagle eared amongst you might have heard in last week's <laughs> podcast there was a section where I was uh, h- uh, holding forth on some subject or other. Gobbling interrupted? Yeah, well, not even interrupted. You just you just went for it, didn't you? Big old belch halfway through a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: remember it
4: happening, you see. Mm. I I feel like that must have been some other sound or a really? dog or something in really? the background. Mm. I don't remember belching. But anyway, mm. um, uh, Editor right. Laura, if you do hear any future little bouts of flatulence, please do <laughs> mute my microphone when you hear those. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, sorry yeah, for best. anyone whose ears... I offended there. Uh, anyway, mm. the person dropping me in it over there is Richard James, co-host of yes. the Jerry Hansen podcast, star That's of me. stage, screen, audio, uh-huh. all sorts of stuff. Played yeah. Officer Hubble Orin in Space Precinct and many other things besides. Uh, Jeremy Vile in Terrorhawks, for example. Oh, yeah, 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 that was fun. See, there's loads of stuff you've done, and and also mm. various characters in uh, First Action Bureau. Yeah, that was also fun. Yeah, so you've, you've done a load of stuff. And, I've done and all right, still 213 episodes of the Jerry Anderson podcast, as I have also <sighs> Is that what it is? Done. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Great. It's pretty, pretty, pretty fun. Uh, anyway, over there, also, we're joined by the oh, yeah. marvelous Chris Randommeister Dale.
2: There he is. And
4: today, Chris yep. has got his tool out. He has. Uh, he, his chisel and his hammer, and he is creating. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I don't know what it is yet, what? but
4: he's doing an ice sculpture of some sort. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. A bit amorphous right now, I've got to be honest. Yes.
0: I think I can see a nose and I don't know, is that a kind of a a brow and the beginnings of an eye, perhaps? I don't know.
4: Could be. You, do you think so? Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Even, I'm not sure. That could be a, an air intake. Anyway, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. When could Chris be. is done with his ice sculpture later on, at the very end of this podcast, he'll be joining us for the randomizer, which is where he has a, a device, which is called well, the randomizer. And Chris mm-hmm. is therefore the randomizer, because he operates mm-hmm. said device to bring us a random episode of a random Jerry Hansen series. Uh, and he will watch along while you listen along and say along things. As and you listen along to those, things. Yeah. No, I'm the, I'm yeah. the only bird, it turns mm. out. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah.
4: just before you talk more about what's in the podcast, because yeah. you're, you're going to do that because you always I'm do that. Just about to.
0: Yeah, chomping at the bit. Yeah.
4: I uh, had a lovely um, meal, a Thai mm. Thai come Chinese, it was a hybrid Ooh. meal, uh, right. with previous guest of the podcast, Chris Bowden. Did you? Yeah, we had a lovely couple of beers and it was Did a really you? lovely catch up. And oh. I said to Chris, I will give you a shout out on the podcast. And he said, I'll right. bet you forget. Ah, so there you go. Here you go, Chris. Done. Here's me, Done. not forgetting. Thank you so much for a lovely meal and a lovely oh. catch up. He's a very lovely man, is Chris? Well, and Abba yes. listened to the podcast and said lots Get of nice away. things about the podcast, including you and Chris, would you believe?
0: Oh, so. No, no, no. Thanks like that, Chris. The check's in the post. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh, that explains yeah. it.
4: Okay, we'll get on with, with the rest of the stuff then. Yeah. What else okay. have they got to hear well, other than. All
0: that? this is coming up uh, very shortly. We've got Fab Facts, of course, Jamie's favourite part of the podcast. And you at home, I know the Podstrons love Fab Facts. Take it or right, leave right it yourself. We've got some Anderson news coming up also a little later on. And just before we hit the randomiser, we'll be having uh, Jamie along for his second part of his interview with uh, George Morton, conductor extraordinaire. Yes, indeed. Correct?
4: Yeah, good. Yes, you're quite right. Mm. Lovely George. He was, you know, he was a bit embarrassed, I think, by his lack of Anderson knowledge, but he needn't be because that's not why we're here. It's just to celebrate all things Anderson from any particular angle or genre or um, lens of appreciation. And seeing as he conducted the concert, it's all musical.
0: Oh, quite right too Yeah that's lovely Looking forward to that And, and uh, in between uh, Above and beyond All of that We'll be hearing from Our wonderful podstrons Of course Who've been emailing us At podcast at jerryanderson.com. They've been commenting On our Facebook group The official podcast Listeners group And they've been mm-hmm. Hashtagging us "Jerry Anderson, uh Podcast On Twitter And they've been Commenting on our YouTube channel as well Now before we go Any further We must pay tribute Jamie to Simon Allen One of our very own uh, Very keen podstron Who unfortunately Left us uh, uh, in the last week or so, under very sad circumstances. Uh, so, very, very sad to hear of the death of Simon Allen. If you're a regular listener or frequenter of our Facebook group, you'll know all about Simon and his uh, uh, hilarious puns, his uh, excellent mm. emails and other messages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it'll be quite a relief now not to read out an email and think, was that from Simon Allen? Because he <laughs> would very often send us cheeky little messages under different guises. One memory I have of him, though, mm. particularly. Was when we met him at uh, Elstree at the ITC event, and he said there yes. were only two people in the world who he enjoyed antagonizing more than you and me, Jamie, and that was Benjamin Nick from the Benjamin Nick. I remember, show. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, bless him. Dear old Simon. So, if you want to hang on till the very end, uh, Willow and other fellow Podstrons have put together a nice little audio file of memories and recollections and thoughts for Simon that we will play at the very end of this podcast. Quite right, too. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. But I'm sure, being the big old joker,
4: he would not want us to be morose in this Oh. No! So,
0: no, heaven forbid.
4: Uh, yeah, so memory to be shared at the end. But in the meantime, we shall proceed, as usual, uh, heads held high, and I'm sure a few bad jokes along the way in Simon's yeah. honour, probably. I'll be help it, can we? Uh, no. But let's get on with it, shall we? Shall we do Fab Facts?
0: Do you know, I'm feeling up for it this week. <laughs>
4: that makes a change.
0: Here we go, then. Now...
4: Time for this week's Fab Facts. Yes, Fab Facts. Uh, mm. Now, on yeah. moments from now, Richard will be shouting Fab, not randomly, no. no in response no. to me flicking through the pages of a book. That book yeah. is the book of Fab Facts. And by mm-hmm. shouting Fab, he'll stop me on a random page. And yes. hopefully there, we will happen upon mm-hmm. a Fab Fact. Yeah. There's a slight interpolation of things there. Did you, did yes, you like it? Yes, I like it, it? yes. He yeah,
0: yeah, gave us a little yeah. clue of everything that's about to happen. Like a little bit, preview. Bit of...
4: But a bit of variety because I started with yeah. your Fab, you see. So, so I like, why, see. Yeah, that's why good. is he going to shout Fab? I was, mm-hmm.
0: No, I, I don't think anyone's really following it that closely, to, Jamie.
4: It's trying to keep it, you know, no, spicing don't it don't up worry. a bit. Just, just,
0: right. just get on with it.
4: yeah. Okay, right. Here we go with the book. Then, ready? Mm. Yep. Off we go.
0: Fab. No, How did you almost get to the end there?
4: No, I didn't. I slowed down on the flicking because I thought you were going to be a naughty boy and uh, oh. uh, and keep me waiting, and I was right. Mm. Anyway, here's your reward for okay. trying to con me uh, in my Fab Facts selection. Richard James. Yes, Jamie. I it? imagine that you may well have heard of a series from the 1960s called Star Trek.
0: Star Trek. Did it amount to much? Did it come to anything? Not really sure, mm, but I'm, I'm yeah. hoping you've heard of it, perhaps. I'm familiar with it, certainly, yes. Okay,
4: well, Mm. you might have heard of it, and uh, we occasionally mention it on this podcast, particularly when there's an Anderson connection. Mm. Uh, Well, today, we've got one of them, and it's extremely tenuous. (laughs) Oh, great, that's my (laughs) favourite. I knew I was going (laughs) to love it. The best kind of fab facts are the tenuous yeah. ones. So, yeah. uh, the special effects for Star Trek sometimes compare a bit unfavourably to those of the Anderson shows, I don't think that's unfair to say. After all, Derek Meddings and his whole team were striving for rather cinematic standards. Without the benefit of Lou Grade's unlimited support, the competition sometimes seemed like it was just trying to get done on time and on budget, which is, mm. you know, yeah. part of the job. Absolutely. But you might be forgiven for thinking that the effects of Star Trek were produced by Jerry and Sylvia Anderson because the company that did produce them was called Anderson & Co. Was it now? Well, well, yeah, yes, it was. Ah. Also known as the Howard Anderson Company, Anderson & Co. was founded in 1927, so two years before Dad was born. Uh, In the 19... Very good. Look at you being very on-slash-off brand. go on. Uh, now, in the 1960s, they were being run by two of uh, Howard's kids, Daryl and Howard Jr. Uh-huh. They were a relatively small operation and struggled to keep up with the workload on Star Trek, which was very ambitious, uh, as you can imagine. Yeah. Now, despite the names, the Howard Anderson Company is in no way connected to Jerry Anderson. Uh, of right. Of course, as those of you who know have watched the documentary in particular, um, Anderson was adopted as a new name, ...from Abrahams in order to escape the anti-Semitism of the 1940s. It's just one of those weird coincidences. Even more weirdness followed as the Andersons... ...that's Howard's Andersons, not Dad's Andersons... ...continued to work in various forms until 2015. Some of the productions they were involved in included... ...a sci-fi film called Class of 1999. Right. And some film some people may have heard of called Team America
0: get away <laughs>
4: really yeah so oh. there were anderson's involved on team america <laughs> uh the puppet sh- puppet film which was not a homage uh, certainly not by the producers to all things anderson but by lots of people mm-hmm. who worked on it it, it was yeah. Um, yeah. so all this has got me thinking now richard what would star trek have been like if century 21 productions had done the effects Oh. Would you watch Star Trek in Super Mario Nation, for example? Oh, interesting. Or would you just have enjoyed it more because it would have had bigger and better model shots and explosions?
2: Hmm,
4: that's quite Who interesting, knows? isn't it? That's I mean, well, probably never know well unless there's some interesting film canisters hanging around somewhere that uh, have got some unknown effect shots that Derek and team did uh yeah it's not gonna be it's not gonna be something we're gonna see anytime soon but we'd love to uh, hear your thoughts on a century 21 star trek uh you can email us at podcast at com with your thoughts and ideas so they you go well
0: I mean that that's very interesting you know these days it's it's um, it's it's um the done thing isn't it to have a musical episode of, of a TV show or a slightly kind of off kilter episode well wouldn't it be fun for something like Strange New Worlds the latest Star Trek series mm. if they had a Super Marination episode you know
4: it would be very strange but was somehow explained
0: quite off brand but you know, within, within the story of the well you know Work. I can see that
4: <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to seeing you submit your script for uh, <laughs> Strange New Worlds filmed in Super Mario Nation. Good luck with <laughs> yeah. that one.
0: Five, no, no, no,
4: no, 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 no that's <laughs> no. It Would never, I, be. I, I, I don't no, think so, but who knows? No. Uh, anyway, there you go. Mm. Super tenuous fab fact,
0: hmm, really. Just I mean, well, yeah, so what you're saying there is that someone who shared the same surname as the surname that your father's family chose worked on star trek and team america which is probably the
4: most relevant okay. in a weird yeah. sort of a way but yeah
0: okay yeah go on then give you that
4: okay right well anyway that's uh a rather tenuous end to this week's Trek fact. fact
0: oh tenuous track <laughs> fact i was trying to prompt you with the tenuous thing you see yeah you were so. i know but i yeah i wanted to go my own way you see you yeah, that's good yeah
4: okay and i certainly you. did
0: that's good. Uh, now, you're listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Of course you are. Where else would you be? And what else would you be listening to? You can find us on whichever platform you've got downloaded onto your uh, tablet or your phone. And simply subscribe to us there as well, and you'll get notifications every time a new episode appears. Uh, you can also leave us a nice and We would love Ooh, it if you'd leave us a five-star rating and a few nice words, because that really does tickle the algorithms of these things, and uh, it uh, helps other people uh, find us and listen us, to us and maybe even enjoy us. And finally, you could copy the link as well. Post it on all your socials and all your friends will get to hear us too. Now, I'm going to head straight on over to our rather bulging email bag. Would you like to hear a few? Uh, well, anything that tickles the algorithm. Yes, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ian Stevens says, Hi, chaps. Hope you're all feeling well. Uh, I posted on Facebook this morning about the trials and tribulations we're experiencing with my youngest son, Freddie, who has some ongoing health issues, namely chronic asthma and long COVID. Ah, uh, Poor Freddie. Ooh, uh, unfortunately, this past week, he's been in hospital suffering from bronchial pneumonia, but was allowed home yesterday after four days of treatment. Now, over the last few weeks, says Ian, Freddie has shown an interest in Gerry Anderson shows, kicking off with the UFO, and most recently, we've been watching Space 1999 and original Captain Scarlet. A while in hospital, he was reading the UFO comic anthology volume one, while I was reading volume two, and I also introduced him to the podcast which he listened to via Spotify. As I said in my post, he really enjoyed listening to you all, and I just wondered if you could just say hi to him in a future podcast, as he would love that. Ah, oh, that's nice. Well, hello, Freddie. And I hope hello, you're feeling Freddy. better. And I hope you'll be stronger uh, soon. Um, yes. He says, on a final note, uh, says Ian, I just want to say a huge, heartfelt thank you to the Podstrons who've been so supportive during this time, not that I would have expected anything less from this amazing, caring community. Anyway, I must go medicines to administer. Take care, guys. Keep up the good work. The podcast and the merchandise has certainly lifted our spirits during this tricky time. All the best, Ian Stevens.
4: Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Ian. And... Um Freddie, enjoy more UFO or whatever else you happen across
0: next. Yeah. Um, Space Criller is quite good, I've heard. (laughs) Well, yeah, you say that. (laughs) Peg (laughs) Quiller has a message here for Chris Dale. Uh, She says, hi, Chris, I've just been listening to today's podcast, 212, featuring the Space 1999 episode on your randomizer. Excellent, as always, but thought you might like to know that when Victor Bergman says the line, they kill us for sport, he is actually quoting a line from King Lear which is, as flies to wanton boys are we to the gods. They kill us for their sport. Very in keeping for Bergman's character, said Penn, but also for Barry Morse, who was a Shakespearean actor. Keep up the good work. Uh, P.S. to Jamie, if you worry that in the fab facts you always miss the early series due to the delay in Richard shouting fab, why not turn the book upside down and start flicking from the other end? That is an excellent suggestion. Isn't it? Yeah. I I I won't
4: be able to tell Richard that I'm doing that. So, I'll have mm. to do it secretly because if I told him, yes. then he'd wait mm. until I, Yes. you know, yeah. he'd wait
0: to call it early, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. yes. yes, you heard the crafty about that, he you are. Crafty. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Oh, dear. Uh, Jed Thompson, and Thompson has been in touch to say, Hi, Richard. I love you and Jamie and the podcast. I think it's great. Well done. I have experience of Jamie's dad's work. I'm autistic and I hope you can read out my message. Say hi to Jamie from me. And that's Jed Thompson. Hello, Jed. There you go. And he Thanks included a nice couple of pictures of, uh, of you and him. Um, and one with uh, Chris Thompson as well, I think. Uh, ah. Neil Markwick says, Hi, Jamie and Richard. When I was listening to your fab fact regarding Ed Bishop and his inspiration for Ed Straker, which he took from a documentary regarding nuclear weapons, I immediately thought of World in Action, which was a hard-hitting current affairs programme produced by Granada Television between the 1960s and the 1980s. I did a big of, bit of Googling. And the second edition of World in Action, which was first broadcast in January 1963, was called The Atomic Arms Race. Ed Bishop had worked for Granada in 1961 when he appeared in Drama 61, so maybe he was aware of the programme being produced. Possibly clutching at straws, but it's somewhere to start. Best wishes, and that's from Neil Markwick. Yeah, could be. Could it's be. Possible. Who knows he it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I am investigating this because I thought it was really interesting,
4: so I've asked our lovely friends at Network to look into their archives and see what they can find. They've had some oh. interesting
0: findings so far, not yet yeah. found the particular show, um, mm. but the search continues. Yeah. And finally for now, Emma Nicholls says, Hi Jamie, Richard and Chris, I know this is early, but please can I get a birthday shout out to my sister Amy? Just like me, she's a Jerry Anderson fan and she still hasn't used her Lady Penelope cup that I got for her. I keep asking her, when are you going to use it? And her reply is, I'm going to keep it as it's special. And that's put me in my place, lol. Uh, before I forget, thank you, Jamie, for reading out my question on YouTube on the new Captain Scarlet Operation Sabre. I thought it was a great question that I asked as no one else had come up with it. <laughs> Keep up with the good work, gentlemen, from Emma Nichols. Well, thanks, Emma. And happy birthday, however early this yes. is. Or, yes, or maybe uh, late or now, late. I don't know. I know. Yeah, that's right, yes. I, I suspect it might be a little late. But anyway, happy belated birthday to Emma. Now, if you'd like your email read out on the Jerry Anderson podcast, it's quite easy. You just send it into podcast at GerryAnderson.com. I will see it with my eyes and read it out with my mouth.
4: Very clever. You're multi talented, <laughs> yeah, aren't you? aren't I? I can do both at once, you see. Very impressive, gosh. Oh,
0: yeah, multitasking, yeah.
4: I, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away, as always, by uh, your tell. incredible array of talents. <laughs> anyway, uh, would you uh, yeah. like to move on and get some <laughs> stuff from around the Jerry Anderson universe in the form of the yeah. Jerry Anderson news? I don't know why yes, I sounded drunk then for a moment.
0: let's have some Jerry
1: Anderson news, <laughs> yeah, shall yeah, we? See
4: Yes, it's the Jerry and newsy. News Drunky, News. Drunky, drunk, drunk, drunk. I mean,
0: uh, Newsy, Newsy, news <laughs> Got there Don't need
4: any encouragement from you for my flatulence, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, yes, anyway, we've got some Jerry Ann's News, as always, this week, uh, and I thought I would share it with you. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you are in the United States of America or Canada or Mexico. Uh, then we've just sent over some more cool Anderson goodies to our warehouse in Ohio. So if you would like to pick up things such as, well, UFO Comic Anthology Volumes 1 or 2, or uh, mm. the Moonbase Alpha Technical Operations manual, you've been holding mm. off all this time. Uh, we've got badge sets and puzzles and notebooks and t-shirts and posters and all sorts loads yeah. more than we've had previously so you can head across to jerryanderson.store if you are in the us uh, or the rest of north america mm-hmm. those of you who've got the app you've had your opportunity to order the thunderbird 5 badge we're going to give you until the end of the week before we open it up to the rest of the and fan world oh. uh, but there aren't many left so do pop along and get that there's a great picture on twitter where one of our lovely fans in japan has bought the full set and put all all of them onto the uh, the backer card and oh. they do look rather nifty if i do say lovely. so myself yeah um so you can pop over to the uh, the anda app and search for the thunderbird 5 badge and you'll find it there i know i had a lovely uh, lovely time in belfast last weekend oh yes you did went off to see chris thompson ac Ooh. Andrew Clements to those who don't know and Connor Flanagan for the uh, launch at Forbidden Planet International Belfast of New Captain Scarlet Operation Sabre it's nice. uh, has been extremely well uh, received we're very very happy that uh, lots of people got their hands on it and it's reigniting some interest in New Captain Scarlet which is rather lovely in fact, I've had a couple of tweets from people saying that they are absolutely thrilled, and it's enabled them to get into graphic novels and comics for the first time. So uh-huh. something that's very, very accessible. Uh, so the first print run is not far from selling out. So if you want to make sure you get one, uh, then pop over to the Jerry Anton store or go to the short link, which is slash a d r. sn/saber. Uh, And it'll be delivered to your door. If you have to wait for the second print run, I suspect with things as they are in around the world, it's going to be another six or eight weeks from now. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. grab it while you can. Now, due to popular demand, Lee Sullivan's goodies and baddies prints are now available unframed. Oh, yes. So uh, if you want to grab one of those featuring, I think, ten of the best goodies and the best baddies from the 1960s and 1970s I should say the worst baddies I suppose mm, um, then uh, just pop along to the store and search for Lee Sullivan or goodies or baddies and you'll find it there they're all hand numbered and signed by Lee himself uh, and limited to I think 200 worldwide mm-hmm. so you uh, don't want to wait there either if you want mm-hmm. a bargain pop along to our eBay store as usual go to anda.son slash eBay and if you are more of a Thunderbirds fan and you're not really that bothered about the rest of the Anderson stuff, which is fine, but yeah, I feel like you probably should be listening to a Thunderbirds podcast rather than the mm. Jerry Anderson podcast. But everyone's welcome here. Then we've got a special lineup of Thunderbirds only products available at a Thunderbirds store, which is at Thunderbirds dot store. Ah, uh-huh. uh, just seeing if people like that a little bit more than having to go through yes. the other stuff. Some people love Very all good. of it. Some people only like Thunderbirds. So yeah. That- There you go. There's all those things too. There's loads more stuff happening. In fact, Richard and I were having a little naughty (gasps) conversation just before this. I was say naughty. It wasn't, you know, not like that. It wasn't rude. It wasn't full of expletives. No, no expletives at all. Just exciting things for later this year Uh, and lots more to come. Uh, And also I should add this coming Saturday uh, Hmm. from the day of release We've got a fantastic video. In fact, no, that's wrong. I'm getting confused because of time and time moving in one direction, not two. it it happens. The Saturday just gone, we've Ah. released uh, a video from Andrew Harmon. It's the the interview that we had a couple of weeks ago, actually, on the podcast, but it's the full-length video with all the... uh, extra bits and pieces showing off the artwork, all about the game. So if you would like to have a watch of that and uh, enjoy learning about the game in a different way, then you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Anson TV. Lovely. Woof. I think that's it. There's probably more, but I've forgotten it. So that's oh. the end of this week's Jerry Anson News.
0: That was the news, slightly drunk news. I have to just point out, he's not actually drunk.
4: I was going to say, no, you know, you asterisk, asterisk no actual yeah. drunk. It was no. just pure acting, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah
0: it's impressive. Yeah, I spent Thank three you. years Thank trying you. to do it that well. Uh, <laughs> now, Oliver Barnett is one of many Podstrons who have been uh, commenting and posting on our Facebook group. He says, I thoroughly enjoyed Operation Sabre. I grew up with New Captain Scarlet back in 2005, and the novel has reinforced my love for the show even more. I hope we'll get more graphic novels for the series. So... He said, I decided to put this together. And uh, he's posted a picture of a mock-up for some new Captain Scarlet audio adventures. He said, I'd love to see or hear Big Finish get the cast back together. Uh, For some new audio adventures with new Captain Scarlet. What does everyone else think? I'd love this to become a reality at some point. What do we think, Oh Well, me too. It looks great. I Mm. love that cover. It's really beautiful.
4: Um, Absolutely. Very, very cool. So, I I mean, it's definitely on my radar as
0: a thing Mm. that would be nice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's all I can say, really. Fair enough. Rob Doyle posted, uh, finished New Captain Scarlet, Operation Sabre, and I loved it. I'm a big New Captain Scarlet fan, and it does feel like a continuation of the series. Chris Thompson and Andrew Clement's story are exciting. They pay homage to what's gone before while heading the story into a new direction. Connor Flanagan's art complements them perfectly. I love the detail in his style. Overall, I'd give this graphic novel Nine out of ten. Looking forward to more in the future. And isn't it about time we got some audio adventures for New Captain Scarlet? You see? There we go again. Ah, That's Rob Doyle. Interesting
4: that somebody else is requesting that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Rogers. Well, he says, The New Captain Scarlet Operation Saber, what a fantastic read. Chris Thompson has written an amazing story that could have easily kicked off Season 3 of New Captain Scarlet. It's fast-paced and literally a page-turner. The story's presented in three parts, which gives us two jaw-dropping cliffhangers, especially the first one. Steve says... Connor Flanagan's artwork has taken an amazing story and turned it into an awesome one. His dynamic page and panel layouts bring a rich texture and life to the story. They're simply breathtaking. Andrew Clements rounds off the graphic novel with a short but nonetheless inspired Angel's story, Skyfire. It's another action-packed, fast-paced story of the Angels, saving the day by doing it Thunderbird style. You'll know what I mean when you read it. Mm. Again, Connor brings the whole story to life with some superb page layouts. Bonus material includes illustrated info guides on the rhinos but Skybase and the spectrum albatross two pages of notes from connor and the amazing number of easter eggs hidden in the artwork including a certain battery boy all in a joyous read whilst i battle covid yes says steve it finally got me which i'd recommend any captain scarlet fan to buy well there we are well i hope he got you through covid okay uh, steve and you're feeling a bit stronger now hannah said It's been a very hot day for the Podstrons today And I hope everyone is coping okay It's probably the perfect weather to watch an Anderson episode That features extreme cold To help keep cool Or has (laughs) anyone else decided to turn up the heat even more instead She says for me It's either pink ice or sun probe But which is yours? Well it wouldn't Hmm. be sun probe No, well, I mean, I'd go for... Of course I'd head straight for Space Precinct and I'd go for Hate Street with the green snow. Yeah. Nice, yeah, Yeah. lovely green snow. Yeah, cool down in that. Phil Lawrence says, just had a very busy weekend selling programmes at the Southport Air Show. I'm an air scout leader and was there with my scouts. And at the start of the show on Saturday, it was marked with the Thunderbirds theme being played on the loudspeakers. Having five, four, three, two, one, Thunderbirds are go, beginning a weekend featuring a Spitfire, a Typhoon, both flying together at one point, a Lancaster and the Red Arrows is an epic way to get things going. What I'd like to know is if anyone knows of other air shows that open this way. Well, surely Quite it should be few. the law that yeah, all of them open absolutely. that way. Absolutely, that's right. Now, finally, I had a little chat with the Podstrons online the other day. Some of them, uh, as we were uh, marking the passing of, uh, of Simon Allen, and uh, actually we, we spoke about uh, a great many things. And uh, someone came up with the idea of uh, things that annoy you when people get jerry anderson wrong so here's a a kind of a loose new item for the podcast stop getting anderson wrong email us in or put it up on the facebook group and tell us what annoys you when people get anderson wrong for example i think willow mentioned it when people say that the puppets are made of wood or of course there's a perennial misspelling of tracy with an e or, or Captain Scarlet with two T's. Right. So mm. give me your examples that really annoy you. Stop getting Anderson wrong. Let me know. Can we can we, can we come up goat? with a
4: catchier name than that? <laughs> can it be And Anderongs? Uh, okay. There you go. Is that is that
0: okay? Anderongs. Yeah. If you're on Twitter, hashtag it Anderongs. A-N-D-E W R O N G S. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're on the Facebook group, post them there or email us in podcast at and put it in the subject line, Anderongs A-N-D-E-W-R-O-N-G-S. And I'll read them about next time.
4: <laughs> yes. And now we're gonna get people saying, Oh, I really hate it when they spell Anderongs and wrong because you know, people think it's and yes. you wrong and now yes. oh dear. Yes, wrong. Yes, oh, exactly. Dear. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anyway, Thank okay, you. well I yeah. look forward to your future
0: Anderongs.
4: <laughs> uh, or even think our- of a better name, yeah. then let
0: us know. Yes, Sorry. Yeah, exactly. On. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I'll just say that's all for now, but uh, it's a very busy and lively group over on, on over Facebook. So uh, if you'd like to join in the fun, simply head on over to the podcast official listeners Facebook group, answer a few questions, and we'll let you win. Or not. Yeah, or yeah, not. If is yes, yes.
4: feeling particularly cruel, he'll, he'll, he won't. <laughs> anyway, Richard James, mm, yeah, everyone's us. welcome here, even those who are not expert and a fans. And one of oh, those. Sure is conductor George Morton. Mm. Uh, He was on last week, and he's back today. He's a top-notch conductor and arranger of all kinds of music from classical to film schools. Uh, Best known to Anderson fans, of course, for conducting Standby for Action, Uh, April Just Gone, and he has a rather unique perspective, I think, on the music of Barry Gray and the other composers. So, without further ado, here is George Morton, part two. In terms of... uh, musical styles then George because you you have in a very short space of time in a really intensive way got to know all these composers work so I'm not going to ask you to pick a favorite don't worry because that wouldn't be fair or professional or possible of course because they're all brilliant but I just wondered if you could from your point of view just talk us through what you think are the hallmarks of those each of those composers I mean you only get one Derek Wasworth piece so that's tougher. But from from a conductor's point of view, and for some, somebody coming to it afresh, what makes Barry Gray, Barry Gray? What makes Crispin, Crispin, and and Richard and Derek too? If if you can find uh, enough material to call upon for that,
5: yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think as as I'm glad you said, don't pick a favourite. <laughs> <Go laughs> if but you also, want to pick a favourite, no, you can. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I will I will do it at the end, but okay, i probably going to be an obvious one, but but I think. I think what what all four composers did was so perfect for the program for the for the material on screen,
2: yeah.
5: um, and and that's that's like the sign of a really fantastic composer for film or TV, isn't it? That that you don't you don't think, well, this music's okay, but it doesn't fit with what's happening. It's yeah, and I think when you when you look at uh, Barry Gray's music, you can hear kind of the era the 70s and 80s music in it of the time you can hear it develop from that very early stuff into the thunderbirds and the captain scarlet there's a lot of kind of really lovely percussion stuff going like driving lots of fantastic kind of counter melodies in the violins where they get all this like really fast moving stuff around everything else that's happening which is which is really cool but but also barry gray you, you listen to thunderbirds and captain scarlet and you think oh well, this is how he writes and then and then you hear uh, the the detective what's he called um gosh
4: secret service secret service
5: yeah um which is if you completely didn't know any of this music you didn't know anything about barry gray and you you put the thunderbirds march up against the kind of the swingle singers do, you know the 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 dooba 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 singing stuff. The
4: swingle singers it's
5: it's a completely different completely different composer (laughs) which is quite amazing really, isn't it? Yeah. And to think that's that he could do that and and fit it and and clearly there's a lot of thought that went into Barry Gray's music to the picture. He, He he didn't just churn out music that you know it would work it was just there was a some thought behind the process of it all which is which is fantastic i mean it's just it's unforgettable stuff isn't it it's, yeah. and we did that in the evening and straight straight followed by ufo which is kind of a, a 70s 80s funk isn't it and it's it's again so different um so yeah i
4: it's hard to compare them isn't it Crispin Mills oh, stuff is You don't have to compare oh them George it's fine you no, can no, no, you can no, no. you can praise <laughs> them all separately and, uh, and equally.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean good. <laughs> um, Crispin's music um that was all new Captain Scarlet stuff isn't it? Yeah, Lavender Castle um, Space, Space Precinct, Precinct new Captain Scarlet. Yeah. yeah. I get, like I said earlier really kind of rhythmically driven, quite clever in how he writes, clearly it's uh, it's not just Kind of your standard four-four predictable kind of chord sequences, There's nothing no. predictable about it, and in, and in the best possible way, actually, and really driven, really, really lots of energy into it all, huge amounts of energy. I think I think, I think he's clearly clearly yeah, enthusiastically energetic the music, which is which is great, and again, it it it, it, it matches the picture so well, and also writing. Like New Camp Scarlet must have been an absolute pig to have to write music for because it would be impossible not to listen to Barry Gray and
4: think of Barry Gray while you're doing it, right? I think he had a real challenge there, but Dad was fairly adamant actually to, to move away from that. And I don't, But I don't think that Barry Gray stuff would have fitted. No. You know, the, C, the CGI, the, the faster cutting action, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if Barry's alive to do it, he would have done something, but it wouldn't have been... He wouldn't have copied himself he would have he would have evolved it too so you're right it is very fitting in terms of its evolution i think yeah totally
5: so yeah i mean it's just it was just everything was great fun i don't know i loved i loved everything my two favorites yes <laughs> which is rogue is absolutely the thunderbirds march obviously that's fair just because, I mean, come on, it's it's just. I but then, but then the. I wish I was a cowboy, which uh, spaceman. Sorry, I wish I was a, sp- a cowboy. I wish I was a spaceman. Yeah, which I really on, and that's. Um, five. What's that
4: five. The end titles from Fireball XL Five.
5: XL Five, five yeah. Uh, I just it's I I find myself waking up in the morning, going, I wish I was a
2: spaceman.
5: <laughs> five xl five of course yeah <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> i, I it, don't know why it just went round around around yeah. around
4: i have the same actually it's across all be- before and since not just uh, a spaceman but uh, aqua marina and the captain scarlet song and so many of those songs really they just stick um yeah i mean they they're vet they feel older more old-fashioned don't they uh, automatically and though the, the the stuff with lyrics stops in 67 with with Captain Scarlet I don't think you really yeah. count the Secret Service with doos and a hymn they're not they're not yeah. lyrics about the show no uh, and yet these these early ones but it, it's not just the music that's great I think the lyrics are great and Barry did but did it all too did he uh, write the lyrics as well wow yeah yeah uh, he, just some people are amazing aren't they yeah and do, you, do
5: your dad Did your dad give him free reign with that do you know
4: as far as I know, pretty much. I mean, um, I've, there's a, I've got some... When we were doing some research of the documentary, uh, he talked about Captain Scarlet, specifically Dad did on the on the audio tapes, and said that he he asked Barry for something um, that would give them a scene transition. Uh, and he was thinking a kind of big, big sort of brass fanfare with loads of timps and stuff in it. And then Barry came back with the dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. And Dad reaction was well that's not what i was thinking at all but sort of great and it's barry so even when he was given specific pitches for stuff and requests i think barry kind of just did the very best for the for the picture but i mean uh, that's
5: that's that's showing a immense amount of trust isn't it between yeah. the two of them and and you and it's it's lovely and you can you can really tell in the music that that your dad trusted all of these composers yeah because because He clearly knew what he was talking about musically, but he also worked with phenomenally gifted composers who would bring their own expertise to it.
4: Yeah, I think that is kind of uh, reflective of of every department, actually. Like he knew the things he knew. He knew the things that he didn't know, but he still had an idea of what he wanted. So, you know, music, he he couldn't read music. He had no musical training whatsoever, Um, but he knew he knew stuff from the world of music that he liked um and yeah. lots of stuff that he was kind of very fond of like um uh revel and that kind of stuff he you know he was yeah. a big fan of that before he met barry before he got into tv so it like those big things uh, rhapsody in blue he was a huge fan of i can instantly yeah. see how those things could have informed at least working with barry if not what he was asking yeah. for
0: well
5: that's the thing isn't it He's, he he found composers that did an amazing job on it all yeah. and that's that's not easy to do is it and it's it's not easy to find someone particularly like barry who who obviously did so much and then your dad must have had a fantastic ear for it to to know that to actually yeah let's go with barry gray and let's stick with him and let's because everything
3: it just everything worked, worked didn't,
5: it? didn't
4: it yeah it worked incredibly well and then
5: and then and then if you have when barry gray stopped composing for that for him and then if he'd have then had a complete flop of the next composer then you would think yeah. well actually he just got lucky but he didn't did he so
4: no i mean i think derek derek Wasworth music was great and then richard's music was great and then crispin he, uh so derek Wasworth was the second series of 1999 1999 yeah and then richard on uh terror hawks and then on to on to crispin pretty much on um crispin, yeah. and they were all they were all you know they were all partnerships that worked really really well i think so yeah very positive stuff, um, George. Our time is rapidly running out, but I'm going to go from asking you about the nice qualities of these things to the awkward question of what was or what were your least favorite piece or pieces, and why. Um, I've got a least I've got a least favorite in mind. There was one in one song in particular which I I'm glad it was there for comedy purposes, but I don't think we'd include in a future edition if we were to do one in the future. But go on, over to you.
5: Okay. Like, if we do one in the future, hint, hint. Yeah, good, no, no. It? It's only, um, I'm just saying
4: if I'm not okay, saying can
5: anything I guess, else. Can I guess which one you you particularly were that fond
4: of? Go for and it. You said a song. It was a song. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only one really which sort of sticks out as I don't know. It just I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much. It was nothing down to, nothing to do with the performance. Um, yeah okay was it pongo the pirate <laughs> well spotted yes yeah. I, I i don't think we that's need pongo. time isn't it that's
5: really of its time
4: yeah i mean we had concerns about the lyrics up front on that because he likes to pinch and slap or something
5: pinch and slap yeah um, yeah there's a there's a little bit of uh, <laughs> not particularly um appropriate these yes days. but i mean yeah. it's
4: again that's a It's a really
5: catchy song
4: though, isn't it? (laughs) I I mean, annoyingly, it's in my mind's ear currently as much as I don't want it to be, but I think I would like it not to be in the future. Um, Yeah. So So that's mine. You You can't have
5: that as well. No, I know, I know. I don't know whether to go with something that was really hard to get together or something that, I'm just looking through the scores again. I think you could pick one
4: that was least to your taste musically and the one that was the hardest to get together. How about that? So then you don't have to pick on the sort of the useless child, essentially.
5: Okay, the useless child. Um, do you know what? And I, This is, again, if I've not already offended your listeners wildly at this point, I, I probably am No, going to get hate mail, but... <laughs> The March of the Oysters. Okay. I just, yeah, I, I struggled. I mean, it's it's, it's well written. It's, it, it's... It's lovely.
4: Clearly very well... Yeah, it's lovely, but
5: I don't know. It doesn't seem to do very much for me, personally. Oh!
4: Yes, yeah, so if you uh, want to send in your hate mail, please do write to George Morton <laughs> at... Uh... At <laughs> <laughs> uh, please don't. <laughs> No, no, yeah. this is it, it's the whole part of it is kind of, it's lovely that everyone will have favourites, everyone will have least favourites, but there's so much to choose from, so March of the yeah. Oysters wasn't for you, I, I kind of get that, but it is, for for fans, it's such a well-known piece that people kind of really love, and it's got those I lovely know, lovely is... moments of suspense and build up into the next bit of the march and stuff, which I think people kind of yeah. go, ooh, but I can, I can see it. Okay. I know. I know. It's bad, isn't it? But, Anything hey, else you want to pick on? No, I
5: don't think so. I think oh, it was, okay. was just—it was just nice to explore all of this different music and and yeah, I, d- I don't know. I like I li- yeah, Mister On theme was great fun to do. That was lovely, <laughs> and with the on Martino and yeah, and that's and that's not. I mean, that's not too dissimilar in kind of feel to the. Aquamarino, it's kind of that kind of slower groove a bit. But yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know
4: why. It's Aquamarino. Okay. That's, that's fine. We can, we can excuse you for all that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so two more questions for you, George. Yeah. One is if you could do it all again, yeah. what would you change about the concert? What would I
0: change? That's a
5: very, very good question, isn't it? I think maybe trying to come up or have a bit of a longer narrative in each part, because as I said earlier, everything was at at most four and a half minutes. Most things were two, 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 three, two, 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 two two, like minutes, which was which was great, and it was a very much whistle stop tour of everything, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think what what that did is it showcased the music really nicely, but it didn't showcase as well as I think it probably could have done, maybe the narrative of your dad's career yes, and the actual, because obviously it was a concert, but but we were there to see what was on screen and the music enhanced and and celebrated that as well. And so I, I think to do things in a little bit longer medley kind of chunks and to see how, this goes into this, into this and kind yeah. of look at the different eras of, of Jerry I Anderson. I agree. TV stuff. And I think that's, that's the, that's the only thing that in my mind it stood out because it was so bam, 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 bam. It must've been quite tiring for an audience
4: Number, yeah. I think <laughs> there was a lot of kind of... Uh, some of them were like, one minute, oh, applause! Oh, go into the next one, oh! So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm I, definitely thinking of th- if, if, if there's a future one, if, big if, huge yes, if, enormous, one, if, underlined, if. emboldened, italic if there, uh, yeah. then more sweets, more kind of an overarching narrative. Yeah. And my final question, based on all the music that you have now heard and conducted, which of the shows or the projects would you most like to watch based solely on the music experience that you've had so far? Oh. And you can't include Thunderbirds or Scarlet or Stingray oh, no, the, because you, you're already aware of those. Ah. So it has to be oh, one, a, hard, one of the others that, that where the music is so um, kind of rousing or so curiosity-driving that you're like, that, that's the one that draws me in the most musically. Sorry to Same make answer. you pick. What? What a question! And, and Podstron George is now furiously flipping through his scores to I mean, make sure he makes the right decision just, here.
5: Well, yeah, I just need to to think, don't I?
4: Yeah, don't blow it, George, because this this could be like this is I could say, this is the defining moment between George is a hero or George ups. is getting yeah. hate mail. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so so choose wisely. Oh my gosh! I'm slightly concerned that you're going to make a choice which I would not be very happy with as well. So oh, oh no, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
5: what? and by that do you mean because you don't like it?
4: Potentially, because it's, it's oh, well, one now, that's got a great theme, and I really do like the theme, but the content I'm not so keen on. So. Oh, okay. So it's not against the music,
5: it's against the actual show.
4: It is, and yeah. is it one I'm that biased. I conducted? I'm not... George, I'm, we're not getting into this, George. We're, <laughs> I've asked you a because, question. Because, funnily enough,
5: it, it, listening to... And this is going to sound very sycophantic, but it's absolutely not. But the the big piece that I didn't conduct was the Terrorhawks Suite, mm. and I maybe it's because I was in the in the well, in the wings in the concert in the audience for the rehearsal, and yeah. it was just absolutely spectacular musically. And is is that what you were thinking? Is that pants? No, I love no, Terror Hawks.
4: <laughs> for brilliant. me, you've I'll given the correct then. answer. Uh, so that's that's great. Actually, Terrorhawks Hawks is a really good one because it's not got the best reputation amongst fans generally because it came in a separate yeah. era. It was very different to what came before. It wasn't what people were expecting. And you heard that amongst the audience where John Colshaw did his intro and said, and now we come to the 1980s and Terrorhawks. And the, oh. the, the applause was so <laughs> muted compared to all the other shows that had been mentioned. Yeah. And yet at the end of that suite, people were on their feet people crying, huge great roar. It was such a lovely thing. So I'm I'm actually really glad it's had that effect. That's really interesting because because the the fans
5: clearly were absolutely agog with Richard Harvey and in love with him and and he's he's clearly a superstar. but he's a superstar (laughs) in Jerry Anderson world, isn't he? So well, so that's really he interesting. Doesn't, that that, he doesn't that's get not a huge man.
4: amount of recognition, I have to say, because because yeah. of his association with the One Show. So I think to the come out and then to do his thing where he was almost taking off himself, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Okay. So
5: Tara is my answer, and apparently that's the right answer, but it was the genuine the right answer for me. as well. It
4: wasn't a political answer. <laughs> no, that's a very good answer. I'll tell you what, the wrong answer would have been Joe 90. By the way, uh, Joe 90. Well, I did. I mean, yeah, yeah,
5: great music but just watching the the opening credits
4: yeah <laughs> okay good fine uh, george fine. You're, you've remained in my good books even if not in the listeners ones so thanks Thank for that goodness for that <laughs> uh, george if people want to find out more about you or follow you stalker like on social media where may they do so
5: okay so uh, my website is george makes sense um, original right And then on Facebook, I'm at—I don't even know what my handle is. I think it's at George underscore conducts as well. But it's if you search George Morton conductor arranger, it comes up somewhere. Brilliant. And I and I've started trying to go into the murky worlds of Instagram. As a, and Ooh. promoting myself there but oh it's so hard to remember to do isn't it it is, <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is yes tricky stuff with, keeping up with all of it but there you go hopefully uh, a few of our podstorons will come and follow you and say hello and if they were at the thank concert you so much, thank yep. you for your lovely work thank so, you thank you george for your great work it was brilliant to see i was glad to see you got into your thunderbird one t-shirt for the second half of the show brilliant very yep. nice uh and, uh, and if,
5: who no- if 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 it happens again, yes. I will be I will be dressing up. You can you heard it here first. I will make sure I have a
4: full outfit. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Can I dictate <laughs> what character you dress up as? Yes, absolutely brilliant within reason <laughs> no you yeah, sorry the contract was made I've after you said yes i've got to be
5: able to co- i've got to be able to conduct that's the only yeah, don't worry
4: i'm not going to restrict your arms or anything but I, i've got some ideas okay, okay. uh brilliant okay. <laughs> uh Pops, have you got any ideas about what george is dressed up to up as email us podcast at jerryhanson.com. uh he's in for it now uh george thanks you've been brilliant and um maybe possibly if see you soon who knows hopefully thank you so much Jamie. this has been
5: a real pleasure cheers george
4: Ah, uh, George, thank you so much. I loved our yeah. little chat. And I loved the fact Great. that he was there with his scores, flicking through, remembering mm. little bits and pieces, and yeah. Yes. Uh, now, as we proved there, you can enjoy Anderson through any aspect: the visuals, the stories, the characters, the music, the production methods, whatever. Mm. There's all sorts of ways to access it You don't have to know yeah. everything um, no, And I think George it. is a great example Of that, so you can find out more about George On his website, georgeconducts.co.uk Or you can follow him On any social platform you like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram I don't think he's yet on TikTok, but maybe he is
0: if He might be yeah. um, George
4: doing, you know, uh, lip syncing and dances over there okay. Maybe, maybe not hopefully. yet I'm, I don't know yeah, Yes, that's what the, that's what the, the youth okay. do on the young young the TikTok okay.
0: great. Of course fine anyway uh yeah uh, well uh also tell us a bit more about standby for action when when's the uh, dvd and the blu-ray and the cd i mean how's it all looking when's oh, it coming out? Oh, so mm. the
4: the soundtrack has now been fully edited and has gone off to silver screen for approval so that should go into production shortly and i think it'll be probably a matter of weeks before that one's out the dvd blu-ray we are still editing still putting clips in doing a few little bits of adjustment putting in a, a trivia track as well onto that Oh. So as you go, you'll learn bits and pieces about the music, about the shows, about the people involved, just to sort of heighten and enhance the experience. So even if you weren't there, even if you were mm. there, you'll mm-hmm. still kind of take something new away from it. Yeah, um, nice, but it's it's rather lovely. So a little bit longer for the DVD Blu-ray. Sorry, it's, it's often the case these things become more
0: complicated than we could have imagined. Um, yes. But the the audio, the soundtrack sounds. Glorious. I bet. I bet. A wonderful memento of a fantastic evening, uh, which, if you weren't there, you can sample yourself. So that, that's quite nice, isn't it? Uh, now, before we head on over to Chris Dale and his randomizer, which I think mm. is coming up next, uh, I'm just going to head over to Twitter, because Lost in Transition uh, tweeted, An appreciative post for everyone involved in the Jerry Anderson podcast and all who sail in her. You make my Monday morning journey to and from work a joy, even when my day makes me feel like this. And he posted a picture of himself looking, or someone looking, rather nonplussed. But I'm glad we helped you on your journey. Uh, Brian B. Bunny says, and by the way, happy birthday to the randomizer himself, Chris Dale. Let Jamie yes. and Richard wish you many happy returns the next time we all listen to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Well, yes, a happy belated birthday to the uh, the Pope of all things random, Chris Dale.
4: <laughs> the Pope of all things random. Now it's funny you say that. <laughs> oh yes, because you can oh. you can see what he's done. I can now. see. Yes, I can. I, well. I mean, I, I never thought I'd see Chris Dale sculpting himself. I know. As, it, it, his as holiness. the Bishop of Rome. Yeah. Yeah, but he's done it. The,
0: the, the mitre and the, and the, the crook. and it's, guy, really. it's,
4: it's all there. It's incredibly detailed. It's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's really, really beautiful. And I think he's yeah. even carved it in so you can do that thing where you pour a drink in at the top and it comes out oh, there. of course he has. Oh, Lovely. yeah. Oh, I'm not sure that was when a great choice for it. Oh, is that no, where it comes out? that over? wasn't oh. a good idea anyway i think i'll pass on that don't worry chris we'll keep it cool while you um while you do the randomizer but i probably won't have a drink thanks very much yeah, so um, thanks anyway uh now chris has finished his other amazing skill of ice sculpting he's over here with the randomizer pressing the randomizer's big red button and picking a random jerry Anson series and a random episode of that series and then telling you all about it in a yeah. really funny and interesting way so yeah here's chris being funny and interesting again
6: Good evening, madame. Uh, Can I help you? Ah yes, good evening. Uh, silly question, but my friend Marina here has the feeling she may have seen you somewhere before. I'm pretty sure she's wrong. I mean, we went to the Heraldic Archives today, and and then a little cafe, and I never noticed anyone who looked even remotely like
1: you. Uh, I am your new attendant, madame. Uh, I shall be taking care of you for the second half of the journey.
6: Ah. Happy now, Marina? No? Oh well, never mind. Still, while we've got you, sir, perhaps you'd like to have a go... on this. A brilliant achievement, and one which I intend to make use of. Does that mean you'll press the button for us today? Yes, I think uh, you've come to the right place. Great, thank you!
1: A most interesting
6: device. Isn't it? I get the feeling you're rather hoping to do some good with it today. Oh, a great deal of good. That's the spirit. Right, let's see what we've got. Ah, okay. Well, this should please quite a few people, as we're back with the original Captain Scarlet today for Manhunt. I shall have to turn out the lights. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's very considerate of you.
1: Oh, do stop frowning, Marina. Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name, Captain Scarlet.
6: So, welcome back to the Randomizer, the original Captain Scarlet. It's been oh about uh, 10 weeks or so since we were last here with another very early episode, Winged Assassin, and here we are with episode 4, I Kept Myself Informed. Manhunt. This is
1: your report. Yes, sir.
6: It's very small and looks like a screw. Yeah, this is um how far technology has come. Oh dear. Captain Blue and I investigated reported Misteron activities in Sydney, Australia. Oh, let's go. You were injured, Captain Scarlet.
1: Very slightly, sir. I'm fine now. Hmm, well, all this is very straightforward. I
6: bruised my elbow, but I was a brave boy, Colonel. You must conclude from our inquiries that there was no Misteron activities, and it was, in fact, a false alarm.
1: Scarlet, Captain Blue, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you on behalf of Spectrum for your courage and devotion to our cause. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir.
6: The Firstly, I love that they're getting congratulated for having done absolutely nothing. Secondly, I love the uh, appalling grammar in Scarlet's report, which basically is only six lines. You, you you do, you know, you have to do more work for a primary school book report than Spectrum captains have to do, uh, investigating suspicious goings-on in Australia, which, of course, were not suspicious at all.
1: I'm just checking the fourth floor, D-block. Right, Harris. I'll put the coffee
6: on. I like also that they answer with each other's voices. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things and it keeps coming up in these Supermarionation shows. But hey-ho. Oh, this is uh, Harris the guard. He's at the Culver Atomic Center. The door marked laboratory has just closed behind him. Now, yeah, this being, I think this is the fifth episode in production order. After the Mistrons, Winged Assassin, Big Ben Strikes Again, and 0.783, which is a, an early episode in production order. But here we go with the fifth episode in production order. We're finally going to get to uh, really dig into what Captain Black is up to now that he's back on Earth. We've seen him in all all those episodes. Oh, he's hit Conk Harris on the head with the back of his pistol. But we've never actually... Uh, this is the first time that Spectrum are going to find out that he's... Uh, alive-ish, and uh, well-ish, and of course working for the Mistrons. And this is something that I, I never noticed, and I've seen this episode a lot, but I'd never noticed until the Blu-rays. The amount of blood on the back of Harris's head there as he gets clobbered, that's a really nasty head injury. But luckily, he's got a uh, chest-mounted alarm, or well, a sort of sash belt thing he has to wear. What is it, Harris? Uh, Harris! Uh, Harris, are you all right? Uh, this is Richard's. Uh, <laughs> well, he's pressed his alarm button, so... Probably he's not all right.
1: Security break. Block D. Seal all exits. But
6: I love the look of this this atomic centre. <laughs> all these sirens as well. That's a lovely, cool noise that we hear so many times throughout the series. And speaking of hearing things, we are going to hear from some uh, Super Mario Nation voice artists that, uh, well, at least in broadcast order, this is often shown as episode four. We haven't yet heard on the show before. Um, this is Along with .783 This is the first episode that David Healy did voices in And I think possibly Gary Files and Martin King Also join at this point um, Depends what wave round you want to look at Manhunt or .783 You started the
1: shockwave With your unprovoked attack On our Martian complex This act of aggression Will
6: be revenged I love that there's no real threat in this episode as such. Be slow. It's just more... Uh, less effective. The on sort of phoning in to give a reminder. Will they in full? And I have the image of, of the cloud-based crew sitting around afterwards saying, well, okay, what, what was that about? We already know all that. Who are they threatening? What are they doing this week? But of course, it's... Um, I don't know, it's almost like having made a a bit of a slip-up, as we're about to discover with Captain Black, the Mistrons are sort of phoning up to say, well, you know, we're still scary, but we made a little mistake.
1: Members of Spectrum. All
6: three of you. Have made their
1: first mistake.
6: Yes, it's just Scarlet Blue and Symphony for some reason in the
1: officer's lounge. Looking at the screen.
3: It looks like Captain Black.
1: Yes. It is indeed. This photograph was taken by a concealed security camera at the Culver Atomic Centre. And has been positively identified as Captain Black
6: by his mother. Oh no, she's dead, isn't she? In uh, in Captain Black's backstory,
1: suspicions were well founded. From the moment he returned to Earth from the Martian expedition, Captain Black has been working for the Mistrons.
6: Yes, it's 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 interesting that you know we go we have confirmation in the first episode that Black returned to Earth. Colonel White confirms that, and after that, they've no idea where he went for four episodes and we've seen him hanging around with binoculars and such just to remind us that he's still part of the show and legend has it that he was never meant to be part of the show he just he was supposed to die at the end of the first episode and because he looked so good they decided to keep him on i've never been entirely sure if that's true or not but the fact that in winged assassin big ben strikes again and 0.783 he's just kind of hanging around doing things that don't really need to be done.
1: counters, we'll be able to track down. Maybe that was
6: the case, but this is the first time we get actual, okay, Captain Black is part of this show. Captain Black is on. And we're gonna find him. And going forward, that's a a big part of the, uh, well not a big part, but it's a a significant part of the series, uh, regular makeup. Gotta keep an eye out for Captain Black. What's he up to this week? And also I like, I really like with this episode, for once, and it's not something you can say about them very often. Spectrum are actually throwing their all into an operation. We have got angels taking off. We've got radar vans, uh, although that one seemed to be uh, driving into the uh, into the bank on the side of
1: the road. Captain Black's shoes, I'd head for the city, not the wide open spaces. We have to cover every possibility. <laughs> I do love that line as well. We won't find Captain Black in wide open
6: spaces. He won't be standing in a field with his arms wide open. Ah, oh, but here we go. Where are we going to go pick up
1: an SPV? Hmm. Aptly named. How's that? Stone Point Village. SPV. mm <laughs> That's a Captain Scarlet humor. Switch on the display, Lieutenant. Right, sir. It's like regular humor, but slightly clunky. The positions of the detector trucks carrying the directional Geiger counters. But they know roughly where Captain
6: Black is, and we have, my goodness, we have eight detector trucks on the search. <laughs> as well as um, Scarlet and Blue in their car. And I do like the look of these vans, actually. It's, um, they never appeared again. I think, aside from stock footage in Trouble Cross, we never actually see these machines in action again. Which is a shame, because they look quite nice, and inside we have what I think is a redress of the Zero X uh, set. Nothing above
1: natural radiation.
6: Captain Grey and, um, well, it's the Lieutenant Dean puppet, again. Uh, playing, uh, I nearly said Shadow, (laughs) Spectrum uh,
1: Radar Van Technician Guy. Sir, can I fly down and help in the manhunt? No, Lieutenant, I need you here. But this is fun. Area's completely surrounded. All we can do is watch as they close in. I'm sorry. If Captain Black is to be caught, we must make sure Central Control is fully manned. All two of us. I just wish I could meet him face to face. Just once.
6: Did you never meet him? Never meet him before he went to Mars. Uh, I get that it probably it's it's probably meant to mean I wish I could see him face to face now, but unfortunately, as this poor old garage mechanic is about to discover, generally, if you meet Captain Black face to face, well your dental records had better be up to date because often that's the only way people are ever going to identify your remains.
1: Be with you in a minute, sir. Just fixing this wine.
6: And yes, here we go. A memorably gruesome scene. Backed by the Crossroads to Crime theme, of all things. Hey, what are you doing? Which we've heard as background music before in uh, Robot Freighter Mystery. And yeah, this is is a scene, rather, that... uh, a lot of people point to being one of the most gruesome in the series, and I would tend to agree, um, were it not for the fact that I don't believe any garage has ever worked this way, with a a ramp that can be pressed into the ceiling so hard that the ceiling begins to fracture, but it's a horrible image, and then cutting back to the, uh, the poor mechanic crushed, and again, seeing it on Blu-ray, it's not just he's bleeding from the nose and the mouth, which is nasty enough, but he's bleeding from the chest. You can see what looks like part of the dashboard has impacted into his chest. It's very nasty. Captain Scarlet, we're about to pick up a Spectrum Pursuit vehicle. And it looks like my hat is sliding off.
1: Not yet, but I'll keep you informed.
6: There it is ahead. Uh, It's another Delta petrol station. Again, I I like little bits of world building in Captain Scarlet. Lots of Delta petrol stations. No one around, though. Delta economy.
1: Where is everyone? I don't know. There should be somebody around. I've been expecting you. You've well, got...
6: this is the world of Captain Scarlet, of course. We only ever get one one person in one room, and it's often
1: a very big room. It's hidden in a dummy oil storage tank. I'll get the key. Stay back here with me. I'm scared of garage mechanics. I see, uh... Ah, here it is. Oh,
6: but he's got a gun. And <laughs> Oh, Scarlet got to him
1: first. You knew it was a trap. I suspected it. How? He didn't ask for our identification
6: <laughs> yes not the uh not my sixth sense is tingling
1: but uh work of the mister
6: he didn't ask for our identification that's something that you know if you're having a very busy day and two guys who are obviously spectrum captains show up in their spectrum car maybe you wouldn't necessarily always ask for their identification and recently but scarlet's not having any of that that's a that's an executable offense not asking for ID.
1: Seven eight two. I also
6: noticed that there's a calendar on the mechanic's desk there. It's dated the thirteenth. I wonder which month. Could be July. The position
1: of that filling station. Oh, right in the middle of the network. Yes, Lieutenant. If Captain Black was there, he is indeed in our net. Ah. All we have to do is tighten it I love
6: the uh the lettering on the screen, Colonel White's screen, where all the well, the map is, and the positions of all the trucks. But I also love that they've put little um, Letraset letters on there. Yes, it's, it's a positive bearing. And someone's affixed the instant lettering, which I guess is some part of logo from the letter set sheet. And yet we get a massive close-up on it as we zoom in for the advert break. I'm not sure that was meant to be as visible as it is. And of course, in HD, it, it's crystal clear now.
1: Other tracking vehicles.
6: Yes, sir. See, this is what I... Find frustrating about Spectrum. They're so competent in this episode, and yet in so many others, it's just ah, Captain Scarlet, Captain Blue, go off and protect Africa, the, the whole I thing by them. yourselves. Whereas here, this is this is how a, a global security organisation should respond. And I get, you know, we can't, we don't have enough puppets or uh, vehicles to to, to show a, a large operation.
1: There it is. We found it.
6: as would befit an organisation like this.
1: No. Order the- but
6: in episodes like this, when you see Contact. Yes, sir. really strong professional response from Spectrum, for the most part.
1: Area reference. Here's
6: someone who's going to let us down later in the episode.
1: Black is believed to be in this visit-
6: oh, Symphony Angel. Yes, it's very refreshing. F-I-G. As I said, after some episodes where they either don't have a brain cell to rub between them, or they just only send two guys.
1: Black should reach your checkpoint in approximately two minutes. What sort of vehicle is he driving? And Captain Oka is on the scene, manning a There's checkpoint. pursuit vehicle, 0782 I also love
6: that so much of this is taking place in in sleepy villages and countryside, uh, which I suppose you know it would uh, it would be a, a very different story if it was taking place in the city. I think they could do it, but it's it's nicer in in, in the countryside. I think. It's a very nice looking episode this one
2: Highway 74.
1: Confirm SPV as hostile vehicle You know what to do
6: Don't worry Lieutenant We'll stop it uh, He knows what to do And that involves getting his Whoever his colleague is To drive their Spectrum car from one side of the roadblock To the other
1: That'll take care of it Colonel I'd like permission to go down there I'm sorry Green I told you before You're needed here But Colonel Don't mention it again Lieutenant And that's an order We have work to do.
6: Why do I get the feeling that's how Colonel White responds when Lieutenant Uh, Green asks for a bathroom break? I get the feeling there's nobody on Cloud Base, really, to replace him. There's no equivalent to Lieutenant Silver. They just uh, occasionally dump magenta in his chair.
1: Captain Black, the Earthmen.
6: But it's an interesting attribute to Lieutenant Green's character, especially this early on in the series, that he's already getting a bit fidgety, stuck behind that console all the time. But I also get the the feeling that um, uh, there's several characters in this episode who are almost itching for a confrontation with Captain Black, including Green, um, Scarlet and Blue, obviously, Symphony here.
1: Continue aerial search.
6: Ochre and Gray seem quite keen as well. Well, the angels have been flying around and they've somehow managed to lose Captain Black.
1: Have you lost him, Colonel? No. We just don't know where he is. May just take a little longer. Oh, yes, they're all closing in now. Symphony reported the SPV pulled off the road somewhere along here. Keep your eyes open. Looks like we could see some action after all. Hmm, so much for your idea that Captain Black would head for the city. You're just a big stupid head. I'm going to keep rubbing it in. Hey, wait a minute. Slow down.
6: That could be it. I love how there's no other traffic moving on the roads in this episode, though. This is a very, very sleepy part of the countryside with no one around at all. Not even a farmer and a puppet cow.
1: I'll tell CloudBase
6: and then we'll go in. We could tell CloudBase as we're going in, but oh, this is another lovely shot as well. First person moving into the woods with spooky music playing. and it still it still holds up very well in HD. You can see what, you know, what's real and what's a painting, but Right. But it looks like he headed back to the road. It's very believable and I think a lot of it is just down to well firstly the the skill at creating the the world, but also the music adds so much. What is it? A
1: medallion. It's symphonies. It can't be. It's symphonies, I tell you. I gave it to her on her birthday. Oh. You're right. Look. Over
6: there. I've never understood, though, A, how they can miss the Angel Interceptor, and B, why the camera is panning off it towards a patch of nothing to the left. You'd expect the sort of, aha, there's the Angel Interceptor, to be, like, framed front and centre, right and You know, that's the centre of the shot. And it's just, no, we pan off that, there's some trees over there.
1: Is Captain Black Hole... That's an odd shot. Highly possible. But this operation will not be affected by consideration for any individual.
6: Especially you,
1: Move everyone
6: in. Yep, and again, that's uh, another interesting aspect to the uh, the Spectrum organization, and Colonel White's thinking. You know, maybe one of our people has been captured, yeah. this is bad, but the noose is really tightening. press on the, uh, the search. I love this music as well. I'm a big sucker for Spectrum vehicles moving around to important sounding Spectrum music. So yep, yeah, Okra and grey are, are on the move, and so too are Scarlet and Blue. To question where Captain Magenta is in all this, though. Uh, I get the feeling nobody told him that this was all going on. Oh, dear. Nothing.
1: Don't worry, Symphony will be alright.
6: And more nice character stuff here, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. The very first, uh, suggestion of a romance between Blue and and Symphony. He can't get far. Come on, Adam. You better not let the colonel hear you call me that. Alright, Snooky Pants. Uh, Blue? Also, it's strange that uh, in the, the previous episode, at least in most broadcast orders, is Big Ben Strikes Again, where Scarlet and Blue take Melody and Destiny out for dinner. I bet Symphony was pleased about that. Uh oh, maybe
1: she was on duty that night. Do you have that new bearing? Yes, but there's something I... Wow! What happened? What is it? I'm getting a reading ten times normal.
6: And this is, I think, one of the few times we see... Uh, a Spectrum uniform that isn't a captain or a lieutenant uh, or an angel or a security guard. Uh, I, th- I have a feeling that uniform was probably reused as one of the Spectrum cadets in Traitor. Again, it's it's nice world building that this organisation is a big organisation with a lot of people and a lot of departments. All
1: right. we don't know his exact position.
6: It's something the show could have really benefited from, from using more often, I think.
1: Why go back to the atomic centre, sir? If you want to hide an apple tree, you put it in an orchard. Ah. Captain Black must Words of wisdom from Colonel White. He returns to the Atomic Centre. Where there is enough free radiation to make him undetectable. Exactly. Yeah. Lieutenant, I think we'll play a waiting game.
6: That's the story of Lieutenant Green's life at the moment. Just waiting. Waiting for something interesting to happen. Ah, so. It's now nighttime? Everyone's at the Atomic Centre. Are we going to just sit here and look at each other? Oh, what's wrong with that? Well, I don't want to go in and look. Our
1: orders are to wait. What about
6: Symphony? He conked my friend on the head. I just hope she's all right. We never find out what happened to that guy. Uh, presumably he, he recovered, but...
3: ...to keep me here.
6: Oh. It's only
3: a matter of time.
6: This is some very sinister stuff as well, though. I like as well that Symphony is trying to be brave. No. Even though she's being she's being clearly operated by a puppeteer from below there. You can see his thumb holding her and, and lifting her hand for her. But yes, I like this uh first confrontation between a member of Spectrum and whatever it is that Captain Black has now become. And it's uh you know, it's not just a quick sight and then he's gone. We wait. We have a prolonged
1: I am sorry, Symphony Angel.
6: Conversation.
1: You leave me no choice. That voice.
3: You'll never get away with this.
6: Yeah, the the shock in Symphony's voice at the sight and sound of what
1: Black is now. in three minutes.
6: That's it, we are going to radiate Symphony. And this is something I I kind of wish, again, the show had done more of. I love this stuff of Black and and Symphony together. And throughout the rest of the series, it was very rare that Black would ever actually uh, directly face-to-face meet any of his old colleagues. The only time I can remember off the top of my head is... um, flight to Atlantica when Blue and Okra are so drunk they don't remember who he is when they bump into him. But that's a gorgeous shot of Symphony sort of starting to wilt under the radiation and the reflection of Black's just evil face.
1: Oh, it's so good. But he's going to let her off. The runs also have compassion. <laughs> no you don't. I am going to give you one chance
6: but again a very interesting aspect to to their nature there yeah you could kind of say oh well he's just letting her off because she's a regular and it's convenient
1: i love that shot by the way of, of scarlet and blue and ochre he has
6: crashed the gates
1: right make certain captain black is in it and don't lose him
6: but yeah the idea of you know not just letting her off so that she can aid in his escape, that's fine. That on its own would be uh, would be perfectly acceptable, but it's that Mr. On's also have compassion, and you're thinking, well, how much of that is them? And how much of that is black, whatever he was before? It's so many, oh, so many just wonderful questions, and uh, we don't get any answers, but again, it's nice to, to have those to wrestle with, uh, and indeed, there's various um, Uh, fan fiction writers who've uh, pursued that um, quite extensively over the years. Anyway, the SPV is out of control. Hit a tree because it almost ran into another roadblock of uh, a patrol car and an MSV. Wow. The rarely seen MSV. I think this is the last time it appears on the show.
1: Black, you are completely surrounded. Come out with your hands up.
6: They even had regular Spectrum security guards in on this mission.
1: We're coming in.
6: Lots of people, lots of machines. Nobody got killed. But inside the SPV. Symphony. Who nobody seems to th- to wonder, you know, maybe she could be a mistron at this point. Symphony. She's all right, Colonel. Just badly shaken. Oh,
1: okay. And she's lost the use of her voice, Colonel. I have to answer for her. All right, Symphony. But remember, initiative should never clash with discipline. Yes, sir. It basically means do as I tell you when I tell you to do it. Black gave you a chance to escape and you took it. He subjected you to radiation, knowing we would pick it up, think it was him in the SPV, and leave the gate unguarded. He even went through a cleansing unit before he left to get rid of his own radiation. Oh, he thinks of everything. he been tricked. But we've learned a lot. The Mistrons are capable of making mistakes. Let us take consolation from this. In the continuing fight. Yeah.
6: Again, I like that as a development, you know. It can't always be a victory, but it's nice that we learn little things that uh, either aid us in the fight or aid us psychologically like that.
2: Don't tell anyone, Lieutenant, but that's the first time I've ever driven an SPV.
6: (laughs) I'm not quite sure what she's hinting at there. Is she hinting either that she's totally incompetent as a driver or that she's just having so much fun? Uh, I don't know. Either way... That's the end of Manhunt and what a fabulous episode of Captain Scarlet. I have seen this one quite a lot over the years, so I worry sometimes that that kind of uh, dampens my enthusiasm a bit. But watching it again, particularly with uh, with reference to its place in in production order and broadcast order, it's just a it's just a revelation for the series. It opens up so many uh so many storytelling possibilities with the, essentially the return, the reintroduction almost, of, of Captain Black and what that's gonna mean for the series going forward. Up till this point, it's just quick appearance here, quick appearance there, and now it's like, oh, we have got this to contend with as well. So that's just lovely stuff. Very nice uh, confrontation between him and Symphony, who is a character that was never really used as often as she might have been. And speaking of, it was so nice to see a full spectrum force All out looking for black, all bar magenta, whose absence is uh, totally unexplained. But yeah, some really nice, credible, believable action here. Some, uh, well, a very memorable moment of horror with the uh, poor old garage mechanic. And uh, yeah, some very nice uh, character moments and uh, little little action bits. So, all in all,
1: Captain Scarlet!
6: One of the earliest triumphs, I think, of the original Captain Scarlet. Bum, 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 bum. Lovely.
4: Nice bit of Captain Scarlet. Now, another sad thing here. Mm. Normally, when we say something stupid, which is quite regularly, quite often, we could always count on dear Simon Allen to do an immediate photo montage of (laughs) such thing. So I'm I'm very, very sad, additionally sad, that we won't get to see an ice sculpture version of Chris Dale as the Pope. As
0: the Pope. Yeah, that would have happened for sure. It would have been, he would have ah, been on gosh. it right
4: now. So uh, yeah, yes, yeah. we'll we'll miss you in your joyful editions, uh, Simon. Yes. But Chris, you've got away with this time. It means you won't be seen uh,
0: as as an ice <laughs> pope. Very strange. Yeah. The ice pope. I mean, that's a fantastic title for a book, isn't it? <laughs> it's a villain from Terror isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah. It. Yeah
4: very good Uh, yeah (laughs) anyway Chris will be back next week with another randomizer, and showing
0: off yet another of his amazing skills that he has oh no doubt yes what a week it's incredible I don't know how he does it
4: (laughs) have you got any more stuff or should we wrap this up
0: uh, well, no, uh, that's it for now, I think. Uh, just a couple more tweets. Uh, David Lee Summers posted over on Twitter a look at uh, John Kenneth Muir's Space 1999 novel The Forsaken and posted a link to a, a nice review there of what he thinks of the book, so do give that a look. Uh, and our lovely own Willow posted on Twitter as uh, Willow Dragon Cat. I was at LFCC yesterday representing the worlds of Jerry Anderson TV as John Tracy. I was surprised by how many came up to ask for a photo because they love Thunderbirds. It just goes to show that quality never goes out of fashion and that John is the best Tracy brother arguably
4: well, some might say now we're interesting yeah. Willow I that there was there's a, a company that we do some work with for marketing and advertising bits and pieces mm-hmm. and they were at LFCC and they ah, saw you and on a call they, said oh we saw John Tracy
0: are, so well, there, there, we there go.
4: you go you were recognized huh, and it was reported back to me before I even uh, saw your tweet so <laughs>
0: lovely nice there work yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, but that's all for now. But as you know, there are plenty of ways to get in touch. Twitter, Facebook, uh, email, YouTube. Are we on Instagram? Probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just write it down and I'll see We're it everywhere. You yeah, exactly. can't get rid of us. No, that's right. Yeah.
4: Okay, fine. Well, thank you for your uh, ear time, everyone. Is that the right mm-hmm. phrase? There's it now. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah. And uh, we will be back with Pod 215 next week. Have a lovely week and stay cool and all that sort of stuff. I'm having a two-and-a-half-day holiday this week. Are you? It's Pretty a real sure. rarity. I'm actually taking a little break. So, um, Oh, good for you. Yeah. Okay. All I'm, right, enjoy. I will, thank you very much. Mm, Although yeah. I, I've heard where I'm going, it's uh, it's raining on Wednesday, even though everywhere else is getting some. Oh, joy. Yeah, yeah never mind. I mean, Better, I mean, what a shame. It's yeah. fine. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'll report mm. back. Uh, okay, look forward to it. Have a great week. Goodbye. Yeah, and you.
0: Bye.
1: One complete. Let's go.
2: Spectrum is green.
4: Right, so rather than our usual nonsense where we talk, well, nonsense and gubbins at the mm-hmm. end, um, we've got something a little bit different for you. Uh, and Richard, you've already mentioned what it is earlier on, but do you want to intro this lovely little piece put together by the Positrons?
0: Yes, of course. Well, this is to mark the sad passing of our podstron extraordinaire, the pun king himself, Simon Allen, who many of you have heard of on the podcast or have seen his work on the Facebook group. Uh, he left us just a week or so ago. And so Willow uh, collated a few messages from the podstrons, a few memories and thoughts to mark the event. And actually, at the very end, uh, we're going to also insert Simon's legendary impersonation of Marina from Stingray. Uh, so I think I'll run it in its entirety. Brilliant. Uh, so once the voices have stopped... Pin back your ears, listen to Simon's amazing impression. See you next, Curveball. Thanks.
3: This is something that I never thought I would have to do, and I still can't really believe that I'm doing it now. Simon meant a great deal to many of us, both in the podcast Facebook group, but especially those of us who attended the Potter's Arms weekly Zoom. Simon joined us on our very first Zoom and he didn't miss a week. He was always there with jokes and videos and his photo manipulations and his quiz rounds. He was an integral part in helping to build our little group from a bunch of literally virtual strangers to what we considered to be a family. And as with any family, we laughed together, we cried together, and we got through some tough times by sticking together and being there for each other. And he was a massive part of that. <sighs> he was our... He was our gentle giant. He was a true gentleman. And he had time for absolutely everybody. I'm proud to have given him the title of Punking, And I am extremely proud to have been able to call him my friend. Our Saturday nights, and indeed... Our lives were made so much richer by having him in them. And they will not be the same without him. He will be greatly missed. And he is very much loved. This is Willow, a.k.a. Mrs John Tracy. um, Something that he did love to tease me about. Sending all of my love. And the fact that you've left us, all I can say is... How dare.
5: Hi folks, AC here. Just wanted to say hi sorry I am to hear about Simon's passing, and it seems no time at all since I was chatting with him at the Electric Cinema for Fab Live, and he seemed in great spirits and was really enjoying himself. And obviously he was always on the podster on Zoom calls, never missed a week. And his puns are legendary, his sense of humour is endearing, and we're
7: never going to forget him and as others have perhaps already said it was like one big family and to lose someone out of that family unexpectedly even though we we knew he hadn't been well for a while is just uh,
5: a very surreal and sad thing to happen but we're never going to forget Simon
7: Hi Potters it's Rob Cassidy here Um, I just wanted to say a few words about Simon who uh, sadly left us far too soon um, I'm sure a lot of people will already have mentioned his uh, supreme mastery of the pun, uh, or perhaps even his unparalleled Marina impression. Uh, I just I, I like to remember him uh, as as the man who made me look good every weekend. Uh, he was forever photoshopping my face uh, and others. Uh, onto all manner of celebrities. Um, I think my favorite is probably going to be Omar Sharif. Uh, he he did a series of, of My Face on Omar Sharif, which uh, was a very entertaining evening. Um, he is going to leave a very big void in our lives um, and in the Potter's arms. Uh, I think we'll have to have a little uh, plaque put up on his on his chair at some point. I'm, 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 as you can tell this is very difficult for me i'm I'm still in a state of shock uh we we we, we loved him um and it, it's it's hard to accept the fact that he's he's no longer with us uh but um, I, I hope he's in a better place he's, he's probably hanging out with his old neighbor Shane Ramaz, as as we speak um I take a little bit of comfort in that to everything that might have been. To everything that was. Goodbye, Simon. Love you.
3: Simon, Scarlet, Black Widow, Alan. A giant of a man and a unique character. Sadly, his Zoom box will forever be empty, but the memories he left behind will not. And I'm so glad that I knew him, even though it was just for a very short time. And the character he had was definitely something I'll never forget but it's a very sad time for us and I can only help thinking of the quote from A Christmas Carol that I mentioned when I first learned of his passing, that life is made up of greetings and partings. That is the way of it. I'm sure we will never forget Simon or this first parting there was among us. Podders, assemble. We will never forget Simon.
7: This is for Simon. This is uh, Ambassador Paul Hyde of the Alo Art speaking, uh, very sad to hear the sad passing of Simon, our very own Punking, he will be greatly missed by everybody, um, Saturday night won't be the same without him, he'd be greatly missed, may he rest in peace, all the best, cheers Simon, bye.
8: Hi everyone, Uh, Squiddy here or Mrs Squid Tracy as I'm known on the Zoom. Um, This is just my little uh, tribute to Simon. Um, Like everyone, I was very sad to hear of his untimely passing and I will miss him on the Zooms. I'll miss him with his uh, dry sense of humour and uh, the videos that he always used to put together, um, which always made me smile no matter what. Um, I have a lovely piece of fan art from him where he spliced my face um, or superimposed it over uh, Penelope's face. It was a, a screenshot of Penelope and Gordon, and I thought it was the piece of fan art that I'd been waiting my whole life for. And, well, let's just say I don't look my best. <laughs> but it was very kind of him to do, and it made me laugh, and I will always keep it as a reminder of him and his amazing sense of humour. Hey up, Punk King. It's Luna, or... Oh. Luna the Battery Boy, or Mistress Luna, or Luna Janeway, or Luna Johansson, or one of my multiple guises that you put so beautifully in your face apps. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say. Thank you for all the laughs, everything you've done for us. And yeah, lots of
0: love. Bye.
6: Hi all. Paying my respects to Simon the Pun King, who passed away recently. His puns and face-swapping videos will be sorely missed.
4: May he rest in peace. Steve.
0: This is Doug, remembering Simon Allen, who sadly passed away recently. A much-valued podsteron, a regular contributor to the Podder's Arms quiz nights, funny, witty, entertaining, and most importantly, our friend. It was our pleasure to have known you, Simon. We will miss you.
1: A quick message uh, for Simon, yeah, he seemed a really nice guy and uh, once I knew he was introduced as the punking, King, I was really surprised and I finally knew he put a name to the face, seemed like a really, really lovely guy, very welcoming and I'm definitely going to miss him, even though I've been in the podders for a short time, but I'm definitely going to miss him.
3: Isabel associate here. I didn't know Simon as much as some of the other Potterons, but I was really sad to hear about his passing. His puns were a constant source of entertainment in the group, and we all have to admit that even if we have rolled our eyes at them many times, we've also laughed at least once because of them, and he brought joy to the group in his own special way. He will be missed by all. Hello all, Simpsons Clips 24 here. In the time that I knew Simon, I knew him to be not only a very eccentric and funny individual, but also a gentleman in every sense of the word. I hope you rest well, Simon.
8: Hello, it's Becca here with a quick message in tribute to one of the greatest on Simon Allen, who has sadly left us. Simon was a regular contributor to the podcast through his emails and posts, often with witty puns and jokes, earning him the nickname, The Pun King. He was a font of all knowledge when it came to all things Jerry Anderson, classic ITC shows, Marvel, music, and much more besides. At the podder's arms, we shall miss his hilarious face swapping videos quiz rounds and insightful reviews on episode club and film nights i can't believe you're gone rest in peace simon you'll be much missed
2: to simon
8: our punking he always found a way to make us laugh whether it was with a funny photo or a hilarious video he always kept us kept all the jokes coming and let's not forget you did the best the best marina impression ever that no one will ever forget. Rest in peace, Simon, our king of
2: puns.
7: Hello lovely podders, it's Tony here. Just a few words from me on hearing about the very untimely loss of our podders family member, dear Simon Allen. He has left a giant hole in more ways than one at the podders' arms. Almost his encyclopedic knowledge of anything TV, film and music related, his razor sharp quick wit, his lovely puns, let's say dressing up most Saturdays as a certain black widow but probably most of all were our very special podders after dark sessions. On a Saturday night, unique topics and discussions with my other fellow podders that sometimes went into the very early hours. Finally, here's a quick word from Simon himself. What do you mean This still going? I thought they finished ages ago. Thanks again for all the work you do and the support of people in this podcast group. It's really being the help. So thanks for the lovely um, situation that you have created. Thanks.
1: You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have
2: been listening to an Anderson Entertainment Production.